There's a whole crowd of men out there who need this. Welcome to the case study. This case study will be marked down in time. Known to all as the record keeper of the historic rise of the woke man. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Actually, welcome, gentlemen. I don't know if any women will be listening to this, but quite frankly, I don't care. What I want is to see the change in man. Yes, that's hurt. The change in man. This is the Woke Man series, where you hear the stories of men who changed, who laid to rest their old ways of thinking, and who opened up and started expressing their truth. Revealing emotion, strengthening their self-awareness, and breaking free from the old paradigm of being a man. This is going to help men find the courage to open up, to break the shackles of toxic masculinity, and to guide them home in becoming a better man. Let's go. Oh, by the way, it's Luca. Luca Reedy from the Feeling Alive podcast. And The Woke Man is a sub-series. You're welcome. Welcome to The Woke Man series, ladies and gentlemen. The greatest case study on man. We're back for another episode. We're at the halfway mark, number 50. And the 50 episodes already have left a profound mark on men and women now around the world looking to change to, into a more conscious way of living. So I'm excited to introduce today's guest, my dear friend, Mr. Peter Singh, Woke Man number 50. How are you, brother? I'm very good. Thank you for having me here on Walkman today, brother. I've been fishing for you for a while and you finally let me catch you. (laughs) So thank you, man. But look, the first question is, where did you grow up and where do you live now? I grew up in the UK, in Leicester particularly, in the Midlands, and now I live in Bali. Cool, man. What brought you to Bali? Um, It's like, what what couldn't bring you to Bali, right? It's like paradise, so... Yeah. yeah, yeah, it is, man. It's nice. I'm glad I met you. You've been here for five, six years? About five and a half years now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And you're looking at potentially heading back on home for, for your next chapter. Uh-huh. Cool. Yep. What's taking you home, man? I guess, like, being in Bali for so long, um, mm. it's, nothing's, like, permanent, you know, and it, there comes times in your journey where, where change is necessary, and right now it feels like it's that moment for a shift. So, yeah. It's, it's a feeling in the body for you, yeah? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's like your soul leads you to a place like Bali and then your soul leads you to your next phase in your journey, right? So, yeah, yeah that's where I'm at. Awesome, man. And how old are you right now? 34. 34. 34 years like ago, a... man. <laughs> What's this? I was going to say, I feel like I'm in a police interview. Wow, it's not the, first time, not the first time you've been there, right? <laughs> 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 uh, what, are you, what are you doing for a living now, bro? Um... So at the moment, we work with conscious leaders, building online platforms, helping people to share their wisdom and their gifts with the world. Um, I was doing like real estate in the UK. And then when I came to Bali, I was seeking to do something a little bit more meaningful. Mm. Um, this naturally presented itself to me. And um, it's been a great journey since. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. And what, what's one thing you're really good at? Oh, 
one thing I'm really good at in regards to what? In anything? Anything, brother. Just the thing that comes um, to your mind. Nice. I'm good at, I'm good at football. You don't have a soccer ball with you now. You're still good at it, though? Yeah, bro. I'm, I, I think I am, the, but I'm not playing for a while. Might take a few weeks. Might take a few weeks or, or or a few months, but I reckon, yeah, still got right. it in me for sure. Okay, <laughs> that's cool. And I I've seen you at home. You came over my house the other day, and you had the tennis ball, and I was like, oh, there he is. You're kicking the ten. You kicked the <laughs> tennis ball. I was like, oh, there he is. And now, so let's go into another deeper level. What's one thing you're really good at in the emotional, physical, uh, emotional, mental, spiritual self? I think hmm, that's a good question. I think. Um, I think good at understanding people, you know, mm. um, and I would say that's birthed from not being so good at understanding people in the past, you know. So I feel that, um, yeah, just being able to try and understand where people are at in their journeys and and really empathise with what might be going on in one's life, you know. Yeah. So it's a good skill, yeah, yeah. especially as a leader, right? As a leader, man. Yeah, I mean, like. It's not easy, you know. I mean, like, I would be lying if I was to say I was a saint. Like, I've messed up so, so many relationships in the past in yeah. work and teams. And, um, yeah, just, just, just having a, a, a little bit of an edge now as a result of that feels good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like how you said you got to use it for... You, you, you weren't good at reading people, and that's how you got better at it. So it's like you, you got to learn through that process, right? And it's everything. So I love that that was like an acquired skill. But what's, yeah, what's, for sure. What's your biggest fear right now? Um, my biggest fear right now, I think it's the next level, you know? I think it's the next level. None of us know what the next level looks like. We have ideas in our, in our minds. We have thought, thought processes that lead us to thinking what we know the next level looks like, but... I don't think we really know no, until we're there. Mm. So uh, a lot of fear arises when I think about the next level because I know my mind might have one idea, but there's something completely different at play. Is that next level in business, next level in your personal life, both? I think it's a mixture, a mixture of both, you know, because naturally when you reach the next level in business, we reach the next level in our lives, you know? Yeah, um, I true. believe it's direct. direct. It's, it's simultaneously growing, isn't it? So it's yeah. like both, you know? What scares you most about that? The unknown of what's going to happen or, or maybe taking you away from someone you've created, this identity you've created in the past? I think it's the unknown of... Um, you, you take, the more we grow in our journeys, the more, we, more responsibility we take on, you know? Yeah. So I feel that it's like the unknown of what those responsibilities will be, you know? And... Um, as we as we grow in responsibility, we grow in leadership. So I feel that it's uh, it, it's an unknown in many senses. You know, like mm-hmm. responsibility is a big one. You know, mm-hmm. um, how much responsibility are we required to take on? Um, how much trust does society put in us as we grow as leaders? You know, so I feel, mm. um, yeah. Mm. Mm, I love that. What, what's your favourite quote, Peter? What's one of your favourite quotes, at least? probably got many i'd say nike just do it you know just simple just do it <laughs> yeah is that because you've you know you've, it's no, you've not done it's it no. so many times or is it like you've always had that work ethic where you're just like, fuck it let's do it 
I think it's like the just do it comes from being in a space in my life for quite some time where I wouldn't, yeah, like where I wouldn't do it, you know. And then and then some of the biggest breakthroughs I've had in my life is where I've just done it. Like you just like fuck it, get out of your mind yeah. and just do it, you know. And when you do, it's like, oh shit, why didn't I just do this before, you know? Yeah. And like put it so eloquently in just three words, you know, it's yeah. like, it's so simple yet so powerful, you know, so it's no airy fairy spiritual quote, but it, it, it does the job. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. And you know what? It's, it's, it's pretty much like courage, right? Like summing up courage. Just yeah, do it. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I like that, man. I like that. What's it, what's a conscious man to you, Peter? I think a conscious man to me is, um, I mean, there's so many layers to it, right? But I feel that it's like, it, it's someone who's operating from their heart center, you know? Mm. A lot of self-awareness, aware of their emotions, um, and someone who can navigate through those emotions in the right way, you know? And, and, and that right way being, I, I guess, the center of that is self-awareness. Um, yeah. and, 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 and having high levels of, of self-love, you know? Mm. Um, I, feel, I, feel, I feel when we're in a place of, of self-love we can give more abundantly you know and, and yeah. from that conscious heart heart center yeah yeah it's coming it's coming back to a place of wholeness by the sounds of that it's cool. mm-hmm. what's one thing that challenges you right now mm. i think routine i think routine wow, um, I, reckon, I reckon the the millions of people around the world listening to you right now can 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 join you on this one <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it's routine because there's times in your journey where you think, yeah, I've got this dialed in. I'm waking up early. I do my morning practice, and but why is this <laughs> thing not ticking? And why is that thing not ticking? And then you, it really does like I think routine because uh, yeah. what what I'm boiling it down to is that um, when we start looking at the attention to details, that's where the answers lie, you know. So I feel that um, that's an area that's challenging me because I want to. I, I, I guess I guess I want to advance in life, and usually the first place I look at when I want to do that is routine. You know, yeah. it comes back to self-discipline and routine. Like, is there something in your routine that you really are missing that you, when you come to think about this, that you know that you could implement that would make you feel more? Yeah, like there's things that, that yeah, like there's things I know that if I implemented immediately, my life would probably transform. Like it could be not having a late meal at night, but then it's also getting the balance of being human and and yeah, you know, just being able to just lean into normal day-to-day things, you know. But then it's like, well, is this in alignment with half of the journey that I'm on? And is this going to, in the long run, is this going to help me, you know? And I guess mm. these are the kind of questions that I'm asking myself now as I'm, as I'm trying to break through to that next level. I feel you, man. I was only talking about this with Danielle yesterday. Um, oh, it's pissing down raining here. There you go. Um where she was like, because we were like, we've got to up it. We're always constantly looking at where we can up our game and we're walking on the uh-huh. beach and we said, we realized that we've got to go deeper within. We, to the average person, I feel like we do go, we, we're always, we're, we're looking a lot more deeper than the average person, mm-hmm. but we're not uncommonly doing it. We're commonly doing it and mm-hmm. we, we want to go to an uncommon level of our life. So it was like saying to DK, it's like, well, what is the area that we can do to make us take it, us take ourselves to the uncommon level of our life? And it's like, yeah, let's do the these routines, these daily routines, these daily rituals in an uncommon way. And it's like getting just deeper in it. You know, we might do, instead of doing a 10-minute meditation, 20-minute meditation, we do an hour meditation, a two-hour meditation. 
You know, mm. instead of do, journaling once a week, we journal every day. Or instead of doing breath once a week, we breath every day. Mm. So it was like, yeah. we've just, like, I'm currently challenged with this too, bro. So, but yeah, it's like you, you say the same thing. It's like you want to go to the next level. I feel like that's, you've got to think the next level. Hey, would you agree? Yeah, it's almost like you've got to, it's getting that balance of seeing what, like I said earlier, it's like, it's like you see that next level. But then when you get there, it's like a completely different uh, place than what we've envisioned. In a, yeah. And what I mean by that is the, the character that it takes to get to that next next level, you know? Mm, yeah, um, yeah I, I agree in that sense. You know, it's working on the process. And I feel, I feel it's really important also to enjoy it, you know? Mm. Obviously, there's going to be a level of discomfort um, but the enjoyment comes when that discomfort eventually becomes a new normal, you know? Yeah. And I think it's having that in mind whilst you're, whilst you're breaking through, you yeah. know? Totally, brother. Um, like, you got to, it, it almost like, you want to actually do it. You don't want to be like, oh, I've got to do this again. Like, you want to actually do it. I feel like when you want to actually do it, it means you're connected to your mission. Yeah, it's like, it's like you don't want to be the guy that's freaking whizzing back on your scooter being a being being rude to everyone on the road just so you can get home and do your meditation you just defeated the the, the objective of doing it you know that's such um, a like that. yeah it's like it's like enjoying the process you know so yeah. i feel that yeah i feel it's important what's unconditional love mean to you um Seven. the first thing that pops to mind yeah literally you just spoke it out of my mouth first thing that pops to mind is my dog you know it's like you want unconditional love. You just look at any animal presence and, and nature and it's, it's, it's always beaming at us, you know? And we can choose to um, tap into that in any, in any given moment. The ocean, mm. for example, living here in Ahmed, you just walk down to the ocean and you're just being washed with unconditional love every day, you know? Mm. So, um, so yeah, how would you think, explain that I'm, feeling? I think it's a feeling that unconditional love it's like there's no judgments you know it's it's mm. it's it's uh it's a place of infinite it's it's like the ocean you got it's full of drops you can't see it right you can't see the drops within the ocean but the ocean's made up of many of them you know yeah. and i think that's what unconditional love is you know mm. we're made we're, we're, we're our true nature is unconditional love mm. somewhere along our path something might have happened in our journeys that have taken us away from that you know or we just dip into it now and then mm. um but our true nature is unconditional love. Mm. Mm. I, I've, I have thought about I thought about this the other day. I was like, when we're in deep appreciation or deep gratitude, I feel like we connect to that unconditional love in us because we yeah. just fully accept and we just appreciate uh -huh. what's around us right now. You know, we're not wanting something, we're not running away from something. We're just like, fuck, this is it. I love it. So that's how I was sort of yeah. thinking about it the other day. Do you believe in a greater power, mm. Mr. Singh? And what is that to you? Greater power, you're talking about creation, source, universe? Yeah. What is that to yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, yeah, of course, like, there's a greater power <laughs> yeah, all the time, you know? Of course, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, like, we've got to be fools to believe there's not a greater power at play, right? I mean, like, at the end of the day, that greater power, I, I believe it's closer than, closer than our minds may sometimes want to believe or think, you know? It's within us. You know, yeah. I, I feel that this greater power it's not something that's in the sky or, or, or far away it's, it's so close to us that it's, it, it, it's between our eyes and nose it's that close you know and it's within us you know and it's not that if you want to call it god creation source universe it's all within us you mm. know we're part of it mm -hmm. um, just Love like that. yeah yeah 
how do you it, how do you connect like, to it? How do you connect to this source? Is there a way that you do it? Uh, like there, there's many ways we can connect like for me personally how i connect to my divine power it's like sometimes it could be like i could be taking my dog for a walk i could be just sitting in silence you know i i, I could be doing some drawing um so there's many ways it's also not like, like you presence. just have to sit in lotus and close your eyes yeah just choosing mm. to be choosing to be present in the moment and and, and i feel i feel when we bring ourselves back to what like you you touched on it earlier gratitude I think that's a that's a great way to to tap into our, our divine power, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I have a morning morning ritual practice that I do, you know. But um, I think I think the key thing is like just staying connected to our breath. Mm. You know, it's so simple, yet yet so easily ignored. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. So let's get into the main questions now. Now that this is on your conscious journey, your personal conscious journey, what did your life look like as unwoke unconscious and how does that compare to now yeah i think like what my life looked like as unwoke i was the i think i was the terrible teenager you know the rebel the naughty kid like always like breaking rules mm. you know um, and in some ways that's a, i think a good quality now in life but not not in all, all ways but i feel that what life looked like i i eventually hit rock bottom i used to gamble um not, not you know and it just led me down a a dark path um and then if you want to use the quote unquote woke now i guess to some degree um i had an awakening after hitting rock bottom and just realizing that there's more to life than 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 the routines or the habits that i was living when i wasn't so woke you know mm. um for example gambling drinking stuff like that it just wasn't serving me anymore yeah and your environment changed so you like, do you get out of your old environment? Do you just leave it? Like, we were like this. You started like seeing more truth, and you just like got out of it. Is that is that what happened with you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like for me, it was like environment. Like I grew up in in in, in a working class background, and and my friends around me wasn't. I guess I guess when I look at look look back now, the people who I was surrounded with wasn't really. It wasn't really a positive circle of friends, you know. Um, so I think one of the best decisions I made was choosing to, yeah, choosing to leave that environment and starting new, you know? So yeah, life, life got to a stage where it, it gave me the option to really choose who I was going to allow into my life, you know? And, um, at that point, I just made a conscious decision that every person I would allow into my life from that point onwards would be aligned with something that serves the greater good, you mm. know, and that aligns with the direction in, in the direction that I want to go in life, you know, and mm. that was something I didn't have when I was surrounded with the friends and the environment that I was in previously. I didn't have any direction. Mm. So the moment I, I had some direction, it, it, it gave me the power of choice um, in a way that really allowed me to craft out and design the direction, you know, that, yeah. I, that I wanted to go in and the people I wanted to surround totally, myself with. Totally, bro. Totally. That's amazing. Do you, you said gambling and alcohol were in there in your old life. Mm-hmm. Was that your biggest vice, gambling, or was there something else that was your biggest vice? Yeah, I mean, like, even though I said I was, I, I was drinking alcohol, it wasn't like an alcoholic. I might drink, you know, here and there, but it wasn't serving me, you know? And with the gambling, it was a habit that had started in, in my teenage years. Um, and, 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 and I take full responsibility for that, you know? But it, it, it took me to a, a very dark place eventually. Mm. Um, and that dark place was was a place where a lot of money was lost gambling for other people 
um, and then as a result of that, there was a lot of a lot of threats that I faced, and 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 that's when reality kicked in. Like, oh wow, what am I really here to do in life? Because these threats seem quite real right now. Mm. <laughs> and in those moments, you really deeply reflect. You're like, well, why am I here on planet Earth? Like, surely, like like what have I done? So like, th- there was a phase where you go through like. What have I done so bad to deserve this? And then once you go past that phase of victimhood, you realize that there's something so much greater at play here and you're not a victim at all. Everything that's got you to that point in your journey is a result of your own choices and decisions. And that for me was an epiphany because it was mm. like, wow, like, although I'm rock bottom right now, knowing now that it's all my choices and decisions that have led me here, it's going to be all my choices and decisions that, that take me to my next place. And right now, although I can't see what that, next level or next place might look like it, it's very refreshing just to know that the power of choice and decision can take you somewhere else mm, amazing man do you do you feel like in that time that gambling you know you say you were gambling you started gambling for others mm-hmm. was that explain that process for me and and obviously that has got, given you so much lessons and has given you the the character that you are today right as, as gives you did that lesson mm-hmm. What led you, so you were gambling, were you leading, were you going to gambling because you wanted more money, you wanted, like, you just wanted to get out of where you're at, you wanted to go somewhere, and then how did that end up going to, like, you meeting someone and they're wanting you to gamble for them? Yeah, I mean, that's a very good question. I mean, like, first of all, where does the gambling mindset start from, you know? Again, it goes back to circle of friends, like, who you're surrounding yourself with. At the time, I was only 15, it was actually illegal to even gamble then, you know, and my best friend, I'd meet him before we would go to school and sometimes he would be late. And I'd be like, where are you? He'll be placing bets for his brother. So the first time um, I got exposed to it, I walked into a betting shop and I saw him collecting cash over the counter. And I was like, oh, wow, how did you do that? And I guess that's how it all started, you know? Um, Mm. And then also just coming, like in my childhood, although my dad was very frugal in his life and managed his finances very well for an immigrant into the UK, um, it was something that I wasn't really, wasn't really spoken of in the house, you know, like how to manage your finances and stuff. And I always had this desire that I, I, I didn't want to depend on my father. Um, and I guess it was that desire to be free, you know. Sometimes you feel suffocated in your house and you're like, oh, I just need to break free. And you're looking for that quick win to get out, you know. Um, so it was kind of related to that, I guess, on a subconscious level, a desire to to not be controlled. None of us want to be controlled, especially when you're in, in those teenage years. You just want full independence, you know? Mm. Um, and then how did that lead me to eventually gambling for friends? It was like, I'd done it for years. I got to about, what, 20, 21. And then I eventually started to make money from gambling, having, having not made money at all, all the years prior. Um, and that led me to formulating this sort of strategy that would work if you operate it with discipline and it was doing quite well my friends noticed and they wanted to join in you know um i didn't really want to do it but then again it was the power of my voice like i it wasn't strong you know i wasn't able to stand in my truth and say look you know what i don't want to do this it was like yeah i don't want to do this but yeah yeah let's just do it and let's just see what happens um and i guess Mm. for me it was just just saying yes and 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 again taking responsibility for that that's my fault you know Mm. I, i i I said yes, I took that burden on. And then with that, in a short space of time, good money was made and then they wanted to do more. And then that's how we 
more uh, well, not we how I got into this place of chasing losses to keep up with what 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 these friends were expecting, you know. Mm. Um, and wow. I guess that's when yeah, once it was lost, lost, that's when the dark side started to reveal itself, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh wow, this is where we're at now, you know. Yeah. Uh, Knowing you personally, like I obviously know this whole story, it's pretty profound to see where you're at now compared to where that was because you went into a point where it was really challenging for you and your family, right? Like after this, you got, sure. into, a, you got into some pretty, tr pretty dark trouble with pretty deep trouble with organized crime in the UK. Can you explain what happened sort of when you got into a point where you're like, holy shit, I'm done here. Like, what's happened? I've gone too far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I guess I guess the silver lining from the whole situation, like, well, it, before the silver lining even revealed itself, was um, I didn't really feel that I was loved by my father as a child growing up, you know? And then it got to this stage where once that money was lost, I was threatened and those guys wanted the money back. Although I didn't feel that I had to give it, the threats were so strong that I felt that Okay, okay. Uh, my dad could see, and my family could see that I was isolate. I was isolating. I wasn't speaking properly with them. They wanted to help. Long story short, money was raised. You know, um, not that my dad wanted to do that. He would rather have gone to the police. You know, and, and I, again, that was me stopping him because I, I just said it's not an option based on on, on, on the circumstances. You know. Um, the silver lining from that was the last instalment that my dad paid. We didn't pay them all because we didn't believe that it was owed anyway. Um, he agreed that they would leave me alone after that point. And, and, and after that, my father had said, let's just brush that under the carpet, new leaf, start fresh. And I thought, you know what? This is really powerful. Like it's brought me and my dad together like this, you know, something we hadn't experienced mm. in our entire lives. Um, and then after that, a few weeks went by and, um, now I was being approached for my passport, you know. At the time I was working with my best friend, I had doubts. Um, each time I had a doubt, again, I was working 12-hour shifts in a pound shop with my best friend at the time. And those doubts would, um, I guess, be reassured that nothing would happen, you know. And I was quite vulnerable at the time. Um, I handed my passport over. Mm. And yeah, like eight months later down the line, there I am in trouble with the police knocking on my where I lived with my family like uh and and, and yeah I, I found myself in a serious bit of trouble um and I wasn't just dealing with the people who took 19 grand from my family but organized crime gangsters who used my identity to carry out a massive massive fraud you know like a 38 million pound fraud so you were you'd end up being so you you started gambling from 15 you've gone up uh -huh. to become really good at it created a method the method starts making money people want in the wrong people got in and you happened to lose their money. They came in and threatened their life, threatened to hurt your family. You raised the money, paid them back. Don't, don't touch me. Leave me alone after this. But then they end mm. up using your passport through your friend, your best friend who betrayed mm. you, gave them your passport details. Then you end up getting framed for how much? 38 million pounds of fraud? Yeah, yeah, 38, 38 million tax fraud. So that's like, just to put it into perspective, that's probably about like 45, 50 million USD, you know? Um, and now, hell, man. And yeah, you're sitting at, how old were you? At the time, I think I was about 20, what, 20, 
uh, let me see, it was about 20, 22 when I got arrested, 22, 23. Yeah. So you, ha- you had to sit there and try and explain that this wasn't you and like what, what happened well, through well, that process? It goes, it, goes, it goes levels deeper than that, you know. It's like I got arrested and, and, and like there's 11 undercover police cars, sniff the dogs at the house, get taken to, to, to custody, hour and a half drive. And um, it was very, it was like the stuff you see in the films, you know, like I was met there by solicitors that had been sent by this organized crime gang. So I wasn't just dealing with the people who took 19 grand, but organized crime gangsters and words were being put in my mouth for a good two and a half years in and out of police stations, giving no comment interviews under threat. Um, Yeah. And then I guess eventually came a point where enough was enough, you know, and I'd started to wake up to what I call truth, you know, and um, what I call my true power, which I'd neglected for so long in the name of hierarchy, like, you know, like what I mean by hierarchy is like fear that's put into you by people around you based on who these people are and who these people are. But Mm. when you go past that, you realize we're all divine consciousness. And, And when I came into that place and power, this massive problem just felt this small, you know, um and and, and eventually yeah and so it and then eventually just blows over and what ended up happening well like i'd given no comment interviews for like two and a half years so eventually i got charged with the offense because i wasn't sharing my side of the story and what that means is i i then had to go to court you know uh potential prison sentence and um that was my first real uh that was my first real time to share the truth, you know. Um, and were they the still threatening that, you at this time? Yeah, they tried, you know, but it was a little bit more challenging for them, you know. And um, I guess by that point, I, you know, when the threats had become so strong and that had become your reality, you live in this place of fear. And when you're living in a place of fear, you can't really see anything other than that. Every action you take, whether it's like going out of your house or, or staying at home, it's all fear-based. And when you're operating in that place, you can't really see reality, you know? Mm. And what I mean by that, what I mean, you can't see reality. You can't see a positive reality. Mm. So when the fear had subsided, I was now a new person, you know? Mm. Um, so I went into that court case with a new lens um, and a lens that those people were not ready for, you know? Mm. And so they ended up getting done and you got, and you and your family got, were set free basically from that tax fraud. Mm-hmm. That's it. Wow, man. Yeah. That's incredible, bro. What happened emotionally to you through that period? What was your biggest emotion? What challenged you most? Anxiety, shame, guilt? Was it fear, anger? Yeah, I think it was a lot. A lot of those. It was shame, guilt, anxiety, frustration, suffocation, you know, feeling mentally suffocated and physically suffocated. Um, if you look back, what was the biggest one? What was it? Was it fear? The biggest one? Fear for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that was fear for your life, really, wasn't it? Yeah, fear for my life, and then eventually overcoming that fear, and then the only fear that was really left after that was fear of what could happen to family. You know, and it's like, how do you overcome that one? Like Mm. the only, it got to the point where all fear had gone, and it was like the only fear that was remaining was what might happen to the family, and it's like. How do you overcome this? Because if you don't, boy, you're you're going to prison for a crime you've not committed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally, know? man, totally. So it's you, like, yeah. Do you contribute? Uh, sorry, do you do you have? Have you found that you've let that go and found forgiveness for that? Hundred percent. Like, yeah, like it was a traumatic 
experience in my life. I take full responsibility for it, you know. Um, and I think one of the most hardest things we can do as people is, is forgive those who don't want to be forgiven, you know. And when we bring ourselves to that place of forgiving those who don't want to be forgiven, we also forgive ourselves. Our heart opens up, you know, and we're able to trust again. We're able to move forward with love, you know. Um, and I think that initially it was like, oh, they shouldn't have done this to me, da, 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 da. But then after that, you realize you can't, you can't really progress your life to that next level because you're, you're still haunted by that past unless you let go of that from a place of love, you know? There were times after that where my family were like, oh, let's go and get the 19 grand back. Now we can take them to court. And I said, no, it's not about that. You know, it's not about that. Um, although from a place of pride and ego, you'd think, yeah, I'm going to go and get back what's owed to me. But it, it goes levels beyond that, you know? It's like forgive those who don't want to be forgiven and, and know that the universe is working for you uh, when you choose to, to align with it, you know? And, mm. and since then, life, life has looked good, you know? It's um, beautiful, man. And you, after that, did you go out and have a better relationship with your father or was it like the, your mother? How was the relationship at home after that? Yeah, I mean, like my relationship with my father certainly got better, you know, mm. um, and, and, and it was peaking uh, for mm. sure. And then, and, then, and then obviously stuff still comes in from, from childhood, you know, but overall, we're, we're definitely in a much better place than, than we were before, you know. Amazing. That's and really cool. yeah, my mum's always been sweet, so all good. <laughs> yeah, nice man, nice. And whose love did you crave most growing up, Peter? Yeah, crave. Well, that's a really good question. I think my mum's. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I craved my mum's. I think, I think, yeah. She was in a, I think, she was in an in an interesting position. You know, like my father himself didn't experience much love as a child. You know, and then when, when because he left his mum to come to the UK when he was eleven. So mm-hmm. as I grow as an adult and, and he was grown up, he was, he was brought up by his dad, who was a military man in the UK, you know, so I, it gave me a lot of awareness about um, why certain things played out the way they were, you know, so it was my mum's love I craved the most because I feel that she had to mute it down around my dad, you know, and maybe that was a certain dynamic in her relationship with, with my dad, you know, so, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So what, what would you do to get more of that? Would you like try and spend more time with your mum? Not really, no, no. I, 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 I'm definitely thinking of going back and, and spending time with her for sure. But mm. I feel that, um, I wouldn't say that's the answer. I'd, I'd say it's just, just having the understanding of, of the dynamic of a situation, you know, and having no expectation. Mm. Um, I, think, I think it's easy to come with an expectation and feel, oh, no, I'm going to make up for lost time and get all that love now that I didn't get when I was a kid, you know. Mm. Um, but I think, yeah, it's just living in the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Do you... Do you, do you I wouldn't say regret. Yeah, would you say like, do you wish things were different around your parents growing up? You know, having more love here with your dad, less love, or you know, do you feel like you wish you had a better dynamic with your family growing up? I think it would have helped. You know, I think it would have helped. Um, and I think the only lessons I can take from that is like, if I ever have kids myself, that that I'll carry those lessons forwards. That that's all I can can do. Mm. You know, um, but beautiful. I, I yeah, but I, I don't have any regrets because now. When you look at when I look at the dynamics of how my dad was brought up and the situation that my mum might have been in relationship with my father, it just makes it a lot easier to empathise and, and understand w- what had taken place, you know, and mm. and because of that, it makes it a lot more healing moving forwards, you know. Absolutely, sure. bro. I really respect that. That's beautiful, man. 
What what was the significant? Or actually, like, let's go here. What was the lowest point of your life? Was it in that point where you're getting done for thirty eight million dollars of fraud, or was it something else? And was suicide ever an option for you? Yeah, that's it. You just hit the nail on the head. You said, what was the lowest point? It was the suicidal thoughts, you know? It was the suicidal thoughts. It was the time that when I'd got to that place where it was like, what's the point in living now? You're either going to go to jail or you're going to go to jail for a crime you've not committed or these people are going to kill you. Why don't you just put yourself out of your misery and get the job done, you know? And then each time those thoughts would come in, the only thing that would really keep me in the game... <laughs> was the fact that I don't want to die while I'm in debt to my dad, so I need to pay him back <laughs> first, you know? So it's like, fucking pay That's your dad an honor- back and then go You're an honorable man, brother. You're an honorable man. Yeah, it's like pay him back and then go and do yourself. And then the funny <laughs> thing was, um, in the process of paying him back, I started to become a new man, you know? Mm. So you paid him back uh, before 19 grand? Yeah, and it's like, in that process, I started to become, yeah, and I was, what I was... I was working only on 300 pounds a week at the time. And then I would save a lot of that and, and, and give, that, give that to him each week, you know. And um, during that process, again, that was when I started to really wake up in, in relationship to what was going on and, and, and connect with my own consciousness. Mm. Uh, wow. And I think that was, that was where, the, where, the, where the shift and the point happened, you know. So at that point when you're like thinking, fuck, is it worth just going now and leaving this life, taking my own life? You were pretty much just operating day by day and you're like, no, there's a feeling here. I can't do this. Like I'm, I have a, like a, some morality here that I need to finish this off and, and pay my dad back. But it was more like you were operating day to day. Is that it how it was? day to day, man. It was, it was day to day. Like there was times when you would be like, I can't, I can't leave the house. I, eventually, I guess, yeah, during those times, it was like I, I started to understand the dynamics of my friendships, you know, and I realized that I couldn't trust my best friend. I had to make some very disciplined decisions in a very short space of time eventually, which was like, okay, if you can't trust your best friend, then that means you can't trust any of your friends, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So although some of them seemed like they had good intentions, I didn't want to take the risk and I cut them all off, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was day to day, you know, fear of getting shot, fear of getting kidnapped, you know? um fear of getting frisked or, or or groomed you know there was a lot of when when i reflect back now at certain incidents that took place uh it was a very strategic game that these people were playing you know and um very strategic and uh it got even more strategic when organized crime got involved you know um and i'm just grateful that um i guess i'm grateful for the fact that although fear can be smelt it can't be seen you know, like I can't, I can't see if you're in fear right now. Only you know if you're in fear within your spirit, right? So I guess when you've been living in a place of fear for like two, three years of no common interviews under threat, the people around you can't really see when you've stepped outside of that fear. So um, I guess for me, it was just using that as a power to, to step into my truth. Yeah. Wow, man. And what was the significant moment of awakening for you? When we like, fuck. This is, there's so there was a few points. There was a few points, bro. There was a few points. There was many times at night that I would go to sleep in full surrender, crying, crying, just crying, releasing tears, you know, and emotions. Um, and it was literally in surrender to God, you know. It was like, look, I'm sorry, I fucked up in this life. Like, what kind of what kind of uh, human being have I been? Like, I've I've gambled. Um, I've put shame on my family. Um, and now I'm either going to go to prison or, 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 or um, 
be killed. And it was like I was literally, it wasn't I was apologizing with my words, my consciousness was apologizing to God, to creation, to source for, for not making the best of this lifetime. And I was literally, literally begging uh, for forgiveness, begging for one, I was just begging for one opportunity, just one. I was like, give me one opportunity and I won't let you down, you know? Wow. And I think that prayer was answered, you know, it was answered because it was a miracle how I, how I, how I, how I was able to move out of this situation. Totally, man. And so, and so, like, what was the point where you started waking up to a, a more conscious reality? I think that was, that was one of the turning points, you know? Um, and there was a few turning points. And I, I think the wake up started to happen when I started to fall into a meditative state. Um, and that was something I had neglected for a long time. And I didn't plan to fall into a meditative state. It was just, I would continuously be in surrender when, when I'm sleeping or trying to sleep and crying. And eventually the fear subsided. In, uh, I woke up the next morning and I felt lighter. And in that lightness, I was like, I don't know what this is, right? But this feels like magic right now. I need more of this. Like, baby, give me some more. <laughs> and from that, it was like, wow, because you haven't experienced a taste of that for so long. Um, it's like, okay, okay. Obviously, last night, I, I had like, I would put some meditation music on and go to sleep. And, and that, again, it just started to, it started to, I started to anchor a routine around that because I saw how profound the, the byproduct of it was, although it wasn't planned, you know, mm-hmm. um, and that all of a sudden started to give me a little bit more purpose. Like I had, I, I wouldn't buy new clothes because I would think, oh, what's the point? You might get taken in on remand or custody. And, and then wow. what, what's the point? You don't know what's going to happen. Uh, what's the point in wasting money buying new trainers or whatever like that, you know, but then all of a sudden this new reality kicks in and I'm like, wow, this feels good. And I'm going to keep this a freaking secret. No one needs to know about this feeling, you know? And um, from that, I just started to set small incremental goals for myself, you know? Like, like, what if I didn't have to go to jail? What if my family wasn't to be killed? What would life look like then? You know? Yeah, man. That like, possibility. You, you, so you started imagining like this oasis in your life that hadn't really existed for a while. Yes, because the only reality I had was death or prison or something happening to my family. That reality starts to subside due to, due to fear subsiding. And with that, I'm now starting to see a new world, a new reality. And, and, with, and then adding a little bit of intent with it, which is like small goals, not too courageous, just small ones. Like, oh, what if by December I could, I could help pay my dad back this much money or whatever, you know? And with that became a little bit more purpose. The way I started to walk and talk started to change, you know? Yeah. Um, was there was there it's interesting because like everything just pauses when you're in that fear state everything pauses nothing out there's no hopes there's no ambitions the next thing is is survival mode right yeah for those people who are in a lot of fear right now how can they start to you know maybe they're not getting done with 38 million dollars of tax fraud and so their fear might be something else you know Mm -hmm. what's a really good way from your experiences to help these people get moved through that fear I think I think one of the most powerful ways to do it is to, is to ask yourself, what is the story that's playing out in your life right now? So for me, my story was, oh no, I'm going to get killed. They said that they're going to put bullets through my door. Oh, my family might get sliced up. Oh, I might go to prison for 15. That was the story that was playing out in my life day to day for like two and a half, three years. And the result of that was trauma in the body, no comment interviews at police station, eventually being charged with the offense. So the, it all boils down to looking at, all right, what's the story that's playing out in my life right now? And is this story serving me? And then ask yourself the question, 
if I could look at this story from a place of love, because where there's love, fear can't really, really exist. Mm -hmm. What would that story look like? And are you willing to let go of that story and create a new one in this present moment? You know, mm -hmm. and I think if we're able to do that, we can we can literally shift ourselves from one paradigm into another. Mm -hmm, totally. In your case, your fear was actually valid, like it was existing, like fuck. In the sense of yeah, it was a reality, bro. Because, it was a reality. I mean, it wasn't happening. There wasn't people coming around to your house and stuff, so it wasn't physically there. But the the thought of it is that it could happen at any moment. There, there, there was there was glimpses. They did come. They did come. They did come. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. But yeah. but yeah yeah I, yeah okay. There you go. Um, so, so now when the fear is like, okay, when you're facing it, it's there. Uh -huh. Now let's deal with it. But when it's not there, it's like you're saying, let's just try and get yourself out of that story and just go, let's live in the now and get out of the story. As, as hard as that can be, that's yeah. the best way and, to and, and, I, and I guess the way that we just spoke of it now was looking at it from the intellectual plane, you know. But then there's also that place of surrender, trust and love, you know, and I feel that. Um, one of the key turning points combined with that was the surrender, you know, like surrendering to what is yeah. and letting go of what you cannot control. We can't control everything. Yeah. And when we're in surrender, we let go of what we can't control. And that makes way for the, I guess, makes way but for the new. That's hard, isn't it, man? Letting go. Surrendering. How to yeah, it sure is. Yeah. And when your life depends. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I think it's important, you know. Like, ask ourselves, honestly, like, how much am I willing to surrender to this situation? And am I willing to surrender to it? So, so my entire core, my entire being is ready to just let go, you know? So, what, what, after all this happened, bro, what was the greatest healing modality that you used? Did you go on a healing journey? And what was the greatest modality that you used to help you sort of come back into your true self? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, there was a few, there was a few breakthroughs. Um, one of them was I went to an event with this guy, didn't expect much of it, you know, and in that event, um, if I was to just summarize what took place, we literally went into our childhood, you know, went into our childhood, faced our demons, played out the roles of our father and our mother, and we would partner up with somebody and we would literally um, be the father to the other person so the other like if it was me and you partnered up you would be me mm. and i would be the father and i'd be sharing my side of the story you know and then my mother would share her part of her, her side of the story and you're really forced to go into the shoes of your parents you know that was step one you know and then first you write it all out you write all you write out all your childhood trauma you know as much as all the meditations the fasting we do it's like getting that off your system, off your spirit, onto paper, and then articulating that and sharing that with someone is such a powerful exercise. Mm. So we did that. And then from that, eventually we moved into this place of, it was almost, again, the, the, the facilitator didn't tell us it was a meditation, but it turned into a two hour long standing up meditation. And, by, and, and this was the closing of the, of the event where you'd literally look into the eyes of the people in your group and you say, this is me, this is who I am. And until the four other people are convinced that you're talking from your soul, they would, they would raise their hand once they confirm that they feel that you're coming from your soul. And until all people's hands are raised, you're not, you're not moving from that center. Wow. You know? Wow. What was this, and what was this um, event? It was, a, it was an event. It was an event in England, you know, and it was like, a, and it was funny because it was a design your life event. Perfect for me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, 
a lot of demons left in that in that in that because it, it went beyond the exercise i didn't realize it was a meditation but i i did it with full surrender you know mm. so when it was my turn to stand in in, in in amongst the four um we're supposed to be fully present with the person who's saying this is me this is who i am and cutting a long story short um i went somewhere else you know and uh, i released a lot of a lot of trauma in that in that you know mm. and, and a lot of tears and that 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 carved part of me that carved way for my rebirthing process that night i went back to the hotel and brawled it out all night a lot of releases took place and the next day it felt like it was pretty much my first day on planet earth you know mm, wow um so that was like pretty and, much a, re- a full rebirthing process full rebirth yeah, yeah full rebirth wow. you know and um and it, sensitivity heightens you know and in that you know in those moments Again, I, I didn't, if I had the awareness I have now, I reckon I could have anchored it a lot better. You know, I went back to my family home where I was living with my parents at the time and um, was just super sensitive to the fact that, oh, wow, you've got this new energy, you know? How are you going to anchor this? Well, not how are you going to anchor this, but you've got to protect this with all your life and you don't want to get into a chat with your father or your mother right now. You just want to go straight to your room and, and, and avoid them at all costs, you know? <laughs> and... Um, yeah, yeah. And then the next long story short, next day I went into London of all places. If I knew what I know now, I would have gone into nature, right? Yeah. Um, so that sparked it. And then and then coming to Bali helped. And then obviously having a clean diet has helped to, mm. to, to clean up what's going on inside and think clearly. Having like a practice, you know, doing meditation. Um, yeah, and just having the right guides around me, you know, having mm. people who are who are like, like having people who are like, for example, I have friends in my circle who are connected with their breaths and I always ask them questions and it always comes back to the simplicity of life, you know, mm. choose to be present. Mm. Um, so I guess these are, these are all, these have all worked as healing modalities in my life. You know, fasting has helped a lot, you know, mm. bit of a slow process. It's not like a psychedelic, but it, it certainly gets you to a new place, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Love that, man. What about your friend group? How's that changed as you've changed? massively like if my family now like i could do a video called my family and i'll be with one of my friends and, and they'll be like oh he looks like a nice friend she looks like a nice friend <laughs> uh, like because when they compare it to the kind of people i was with before it's uh you know completely <laughs> stark different, contrast you know you you know you had that friend that just de- deceived you and and betrayed you and it's like that doesn't happen now, right? Like you, you've sort of got out of that energetic vibration, you pulled yourself out and you go, fuck this. And you had to start changing and as you've changed. Have you ever come across people similar to that anymore or, or not really? Not really, no, because I, I'm, very, um, I'm very particular about, about who I allow into my close circle, you know? Like, like are these people's values aligning with mine right now? Mm. Um, and is there a purpose being served here you know equally you've got to be careful you don't want to just be judging people who you're letting you know like I, I feel it's important to have a diverse circle of friends but for me I am very particular you know like I, I, if I'm on a mission and I, and I want to impact lives I want to surround myself with people who are on that same mission you know mm-hmm. anything yeah. other than that well I've got a question what am I doing in these circles right now mm-hmm. yeah love that man what, what's, what part of this conscious journey are you most grateful for Mm, I think that's a really good question. I think I think I'm I'm grateful for the miracles that 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 the infinite conscious realm gives us. You know, we are always being showered with miracles if we align ourselves with the true nature of it. You know, and I feel that that's what I'm grateful for. And those miracles don't have to be massive miracles. They could be small miracles. You know, you might have a synchronicity, or you might meet meet somebody whose path you crossed for a certain reason, and 
that sparks a certain bit of magic, you know? So that's mm. what I'm grateful for, you know? Um, the I fact that, that we, are, we, we are infinitely being showered with it. And sometimes we, we turn away from it, you know, and we don't realize mm. it. And then when we come back into it and, and, and we stay consistent with it, there's so much happening for us, so mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Even in these interesting times we're living in, totally. there's still a lot of magic happening. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't agree more, brother. And this is the last question. What's one tip that you would give old Peter, your old self, just starting this journey? Wow, that's a... Yeah, I mean, like, I think... You're, like, looking him in the eyes, eh, and you're just having a conversation. Yeah, I think... I think the... I think the one thing I would say to old Peter is that just trust, trust, trust yourself, you know? Trust yourself. Um... And stay connected to your truth, you know. So powerful when we when we stand. I think if old Peter knew that he could, he could he could live a life as fully as he wants by being in his truth and trusting. Mm-hmm. Um, so much magic unfolds, you know. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess they're the two key things. Beautiful brother, beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love that man. Thank you very much for your time and sharing your story on the Wolfman series, brother. I know it's. We've, we've uh, been meaning to have you on here for a while, but I'm grateful to have you here today. Thanks a lot, Luca. Thanks for having me here. And thanks, thanks to the audience for listening and uh, super grateful. Absolute pleasure, brother. And anyone who, needs to, who wants to and needs to reach out with you, your uh, Instagram, your social media will be in the show notes. So please do. And if you have any questions, both of us reach out. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, take care, do your best, take one step at a time. Much love. In my eyes, bro, I can't see I'm gonna be who I'm destined to be Wokeness is taking my old self away Yeah, I put love into me I'm spreading that love, yo, don't you see Grab your cacao and drink it with me Cause wokeness is taking my old self away Woke man, wokey woke man Woke man, wokey woke man Woke man, wokey woke man Bring love and just be Woke man Wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, woke man, wokey woke man, bring love and just be.